0: Okay, guys, I have got a little bit of a prophetic vision, prophetic word to share. Just got a little download. Uh, It's all sunshine and roses. (laughs) Said no one ever. Let's check it out. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast, and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around, because we're going to laugh, and we're going to learn. And above all else, we're going to gain perspective. Hey guys, so a little bit of a rocky day today in the world In terms of our uh, stock market plummeting, I believe we're at like 1,300 points, and our inflation numbers coming out worse than expected, which I don't know how many times we can have inflation numbers that are worse than expected, but honestly, I feel like the inflation numbers are... um, underreported because if you use other metrics then you're seeing more of an inflationary rate well over the 10% mark into the high teens even 20s of course we've kind of adjusted a little bit to that because we're you know we've been paying these higher uh prices in particular at the gas station and at the um, grocery store of course the gas station has come down a little bit ironically not uh Disconnected from midterms that are upcoming, and (laughs) the Democratic Party grasping at straws and doing whatever they possibly can to get that to normalize a little bit or come down a little bit. But we can't, we can only claim at this point that it has come down a little bit, not that it has corrected or even gone back to anything that we would have considered normal just a couple of years ago. And ironically, Biden did give a Little chat, chit chat today um, about his uh, Inflationary Reduction Act or whatever they're calling it, which just the irony of that, where we're getting really bad inflation numbers coming out today and also our stock marketing, stock market plummeting, I believe, to a level that we haven't seen since June of 2020 when we were facing a brand spanking new pandemic. So as we're coming out of the pandemic, we're seeing our stock market go back down to where it was at the beginning of a of the pandemic which of course at the beginning of a pandemic something like covid coming on the scene it's a little bit expected to see that uncertainty we see that reflected in the stock market often when there's there's a sense of angst un you know things are unknown and we just don't know what to expect so you start to see that reflect in the stock market because people want to be a little bit conservative they want to hold on tighter when things get a little bit rocky So it's fully explained back in June of 2020, or at least more explained. I don't know why that happened today. Honestly, I have not dug into the story enough to kind of understand why we took a little tumble today Um, or, you know, tumbled further. I saw several headlines um, declaring that we are now officially in a recession, which newsflash, we've been in a recession, according to every other definition, before they just decided to change definitions. (laughs) We've done a lot of definition changing over the last 18 months, so it's kind of hard to keep up with what is what, but um, it's just kind of funny because the way that I do my life right now is in order to kind of keep things in a box and keep myself able to focus, I'm a big time chunker. And so, You know, right now, everything feels a little bit chaotic in my life because I've added in these chiropractic visits that are three times a week and an hour each direction. And so it's kind of messing with my schedule, I'll be honest. And I am still obviously doing homeschool with my children. And so we're trying to fit this in. We still have fall ball going on. So it just feels like, oh my goodness gracious, it is really hard to keep up with everything right this hot minute. So I was actually really grateful. I'm never grateful when my kids are sick, but I am grateful sometimes when it gives me a little reprieve from all the craziness. And my youngest came down with something Friday. So my Saturday and Sunday plans were canceled and I got to hang out at home and just kind of regroup and sidebar. I was able to launch finally our family vlog, VLOG, which is a video blog on YouTube, which I will as quick as humanly possible transition it to Rumble as soon as we get a good following Um, because I just hate that it's on YouTube, but it is and it's under the title of Raising Cunninghams. That is our channel. So please go ahead and follow us there and learn all about our crazy life here in Middle Tennessee on our farm, all the chaos that happens day to day so you can get a sense of what I'm talking about. So I'll link that in the show notes so you can check that out. The goal is to have an episode out every day or every other day, so far, so good for the last couple of days. So um excited to announce that. But you know, this weekend after resting, and then of course we jump back into Monday. And this week is a little bit funky because my cousin arrived last night and he will be here through this week because we have church conference Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I'm super excited to bring you guys an episode or two with some of my takeaways because I love I go to the Belonging Co. out of Nashville. And um, they have a campus in Columbia, so I do go to that campus. However, we do conference every year in September, and it just so happens to always fall on my birthday week, so it's like a little gift to me, a little Jesus gift. And this will be our fourth conference we're attending. It is always so good. And I'll throw the link just in the show notes because you can watch it online, and you should. I mean, you should come next year in real life. But if you can't, then you for sure should watch it online. It is always just wrecks me and in the best way and fills my cup and fills my soul and renews my faith and all of the things. And it's just such good timing going into the fall, into the winter. And that's kind of where I'm circling around here too in a minute is kind of the dark winter that I see coming. And then the following, so my cousin's here through Sunday, and then my mother arrives on Tuesday, and she'll be here for three weeks. So we have got just a couple of additional disruptions to the schedule and complications and distractions and things we've got to navigate. We are going to go to Florida for a week. I cannot wait to just go on vacation and sit and do very little, not do school for a bit. It'll be like our kind of fall break. Um... So We've got just crazy schedule. I feel like I always have crazy schedule, but just additional crazy schedule. So I say all that to tell you that today, after we wake up and we have to be at our family adjustment, because now I've got my entire family on chiropractic care, I became a believer so fast, y'all, in chiropractic care once they found my issues, which I explain all that in my vlog if you're curious about what I'm talking about got all my family on family care with our chiropractor. So, we had to be up there at 7:30 this morning and um like I said it's an hour away, so we had up early, come back, get into a couple of farm chores we had to get done and then start school. My cousin's here was trying to, you know, like do fun things with him, also get school done. I didn't get around to and this is I compartmentalize. I won't read the news like throughout the day. I kind of just sit and take it in, you know, in a chunk. And by the time I get to sit down, I might have 200 headlines to sort through and I'm only going to read maybe 20 of those, maybe 10 of those things, depending on, you know, what I, how much time I have. But I kind of get a sense of what's happening and the direction of the narrative for the day. And I'm looking at all kinds of sources in this kind of, you know binge I guess binge news binge in my afternoon I I do that at some point every day generally if not every day for sure every other day where I just get a download and so I just did that (laughs) I just did my news download for the day And there's kind of a couple of things that stand out to me, but I really just got this sense. And sometimes it's like just a a little bit of like almost like a prophetic vision. And I hate to say it, I'm I'm just finishing up. I'm in Daniel, in the book of Daniel, reading the Bible all the way chronologically through the Bible. For the second year in a row, I'm in the book of Daniel. And so that means I'm kind of ending the prophets here shortly. And I'm moving into the New Testament October 1st. I can't wait. So, finishing up the prophets. And if you've ever read the prophets in the Bible, you know that prophecy, oftentimes, let's just say 95% of the prophecy is a little bit doom and gloom. It doesn't give you all the good feels. There are plenty of little promise nuggets all throughout prophecy like lots and lots of you better repent, and then like a little small amount of remember how good I am, right? So the prophecy and prophetic books can be a little bit challenging. I actually love Daniel. It's got to be one of my favorite books in the Bible. Like, love it. There are, I, I just today read Daniel 3, which is the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which I did a podcast about that last year when I read through it. It is, I just cannot get over it. This is when they go in the fiery furnace, and I did a podcast where I likened, the, the worship, the statue to worship the jabs this time last year. So I'll link that in the show notes also. Um, but I I got this kind of prophetic vision or prophetic feeling, if you will, as I was reading the news today that was just a little bit of a different tone than I normally do. I mean, I, I it affects me and I know it does you too. When I read the news or read the headlines or kind of scan what's happening in the world, it affects me. Like I feel the weight of it and um which is why I don't do it throughout the day. It's I kind of have to mentally prepare to sit down and kind of grab a hold of it. And I think it's important, but I also think you need to box it up and not do it all day long and not get obsessive and not go down all the rabbit trails and just kind of get a sense and pray and keep your eyes peeled and whatnot. So, I do encourage you to do it to look at what's going on in the world, to pay attention even if it's just listening to my podcast or listening I love to follow Charlie Kirk. I always am listening to him. Just what he's talking about, how he's digesting some of the information. I don't agree with 100% of what he says, but he's a great source of information too. So I'm reading the news today. I'm just kind of feeling a little bit of the heaviness, but in a different way. Just this picture of, and I'm not the first to say this, the coming of a dark winter just a dark time. Like, and again, I'm not the first to say this. I've actually heard lots of people say this, this fall and winter, we're just going to take a turn. It's going to be rough, but I've been hearing that for like a while. (laughs) So, I mean, we heard that 2020 fall, you know, I think it was, what was it? Like the, um, all the unvaccinated people were going to die. The the fall and winter of 2020, maybe that was last year, I can't remember. We were all going to die, we didn't die, you know. So we kind of go into the winter with just a little bit of an ominous feeling the last couple of years, and I mean, it doesn't help that it's like gray and all the trees die, and it just carries that weight of ominence. And I cannot be sure if I didn't just make up the word ominence, maybe I just made up that word, because you know I like to do that, but it sounds good, right? Go with it. So I'm feeling the ominence of the coming winter months. And, you know, some of the things that kind of jumped out at me in that, of course, is just this heaviness of um, the, the stock market going down today, the recession, the inflation numbers coming out, just no improvement in sight in terms of that. Of course, you know, I'm not... Um, very bullish on our dollar or our economy at large, making a huge recovery. I kind of don't think we're going to recover. I think this is kind of the beginning of the end or the middle of the end or what have you. I think we're going to continue to slide. I hate to say it, but that's okay because our hope is not in our financial picture. Our hope is not in our bank account. Our hope is in Jesus and he's not going anywhere. Actually, he's stepping in. He's stepping into the light more and more if you're looking for it, right? So we don't, this isn't a fearful ominous. I think that's a real word. I hope so. It's not to be feared. It's just to be aware of. Of course, we're looking at what's happening in the Ukraine and Russia. We're trying to look at what's happening in the Ukraine and Russia. Let's be honest. Nobody actually knows what's happening in the Ukraine and Russia. This past weekend, we had just a kind of a roller coaster of, of narration about what's going on there. You know, Russia is blowing it big time. Ukraine took ground. Nope, Russia bombed something and half the power in the country went out. Nope, that, you know, Putin is being arrested and, you know, his allies are turning on him and he's going to be unseated. And, I mean, you can read absolutely any angle you'd like to read about that conflict and we just have no idea what's going on. However, I did read something today that said, you know, this war is an economic disaster for Russia. That we know for sure is false. All you have to do is go look at the actual economy in Russia to know the ruble is stronger than it's ever been. Russia is absolutely running the table on Europe. Like, it is embarrassing. I mean, remember, some people do, when Trump told Germany, and some of the European leaders, hey, maybe don't depend on Russia for your your energy. I mean, I'm just saying Russia's, like, shady and maybe don't do it. And they, like, chuckled at Trump. Like, that's ridiculous. You stay in America, we do us. And then now Russia's, like, turning off the pipeline, not giving them gas, not shipping them oil. I mean, it's just really, it's was like is just rough okay to you know like it's so much of this last year has felt like just the most unsatisfying i told you so ever for people who have been like skeptical of all of these things since the get-go right like it's just unsatisfying even when you're like well saw that coming well i think we said that like a year ago Mm, i'm glad i'm right about it but doesn't feel great because these are not things we want to be right about So needless to say, Europe is fixing to have themselves just a rough winter, like a rough winter. I read or I saw an article about, you know, um, Germany is stocking up on these inefficient space heaters. I got to tell you, I don't have heat here in my house in Tennessee. Uh, we have central heat and air upstairs, which was an addition downstairs was the original build of, from 1956. So we do not have forced heat downstairs in my house. The only source of heat is our stove, which we put in like our, um, you know, like cast iron stove that we put in a, Oh gosh, two years ago, three years ago. Anyway, uh, we didn't always have it the first two years we lived here. We did not have any heat downstairs. So we had to run, um, space heaters and we ran probably five in our house to heat the downstairs but we also had to have one on our back porch which is insulated zero because we had some water pipes running to the fridge we had a space heater in our office that ran 24 7 because there's randomly a bathtub in our office just a bathtub not a toilet don't ask questions we have our well house we had to run a space heater in all the time because we have pipes obviously coming out of our well so those are three heaters that just have to run to keep the pipes from freezing and then whatever space heaters in the house to actually heat the humans, needless to say, those first two winters were astronomical in our electric bill. So I'm just like feeling the pain for these, you know, Europe, that was not during an inflationary environment when our bills were just insane. So I'm just feeling sad for Europe and the pickle that they've found themselves in going into the winter months. And last night, y'all, we had um, our here in Tennessee, it got down to 52 degrees, which is not... That cold, it was just cold enough to my husband put on a sweatshirt, which never happens. Of course, I've had a sweatshirt on. Like I never take my sweatshirt off like all summer at night. I'm like, it's 72. I got to put on my sweatshirt. But he put on a sweatshirt. So that's when you know, I turned off my ceiling fan. I turned off my air conditioner for the first time, you know, like these sorts of things. I'm like, man, it is going to be rough for this energy crisis. And of course, we just, again, just like with inflation, just like with the dollar, just like with all the things that are happening here in the United States, there's just no end in sight with this Russia-Ukraine conflict. A great question to ask anybody who wants to argue for this conflict is what does success even look like? What would that look like? How do we know if we're there? Like, how do we know if we're winning? How do we know if our billions of dollars that we've sent in aid to Ukraine is like doing the thing we want it to do? Like, what's the measuring stick? And I think nobody has offered me... Any kind of, like, I've not even read any kind of speculative, like, other, we just must win. We must win. When what? Like, when is, what does that mean, you know? So, there doesn't seem to be any end in sight. It's not like we're going to just go into the fall and by winter it should be good. No, we're going to go into the fall. We're going to go into the winter. It's going to be terrible. We're going to see, like, I don't know, probably catastrophic issues in Europe but that's not even talking about what we're going to see here in the United States because we're having an energy crisis here I don't need to point out but I will the hilarious irony of just a week or so ago California saying passing into law that there will no longer be any gas vehicles sold post what are we at 2030 or 2035 I forget what the year was So we're coming to the end of being able to sell or buy gas-powered vehicles in the entire state of California, right? And one or two days after that law gets written into law... we get a notice, an energy crisis, where they're asking you not to charge your electric vehicle. Like, you cannot make this up. That is actually part of the energy crisis issue in California, is they said, please do not charge your electric vehicle, which is assuming that you don't only have an electric vehicle, because obviously that would not be feasible for you to not charge your vehicle if it's your only vehicle. They're assuming you have a gas-powered vehicle. If you're not Able to charge your electric vehicle. I mean, it's just like, goodness gracious, the ideology kills, right? Ideology actually kills people. We saw in our first year with Biden, 2021, after he cut off the pipeline and all of the energy crisis that immediately came into play, we saw issues with people freezing, people not being able to heat their homes, not having the energy or the power to do it immediately. So here we go into another winner we'll see how that affects us here at home, right? We're not even dealing with Russia pulling our chain. We're dealing with our own government pulling our chain here. So that is a little bit ominous. (laughs) And I'm just laughing over my words that I make up. And then we have, of course, the midterms coming up. And gosh, I just got this really icky, prophetic feeling about how that's going to go because... It's probably, you know, one of the more important midterms. Midterms generally are, are lower attended in terms of voting. People don't care about the midterms as much because, you know, we people only kind of vote for the presidents. Like I've said before, I've never voted in a midterm before. I'm let alone pay attention to what is even happening in a midterm before. So the fact that I'm like paying attention, I know how many days it is until the election day is just a flip and it's a change. And I know I'm not the only one, right? Whenever you think you're unique, you're not. You're a part of a thing, a statistical thing. So I know people are paying more attention. I know people are more energized and, you know, there's more. um, I mean, just heaven forbid, heaven forbid we lose more seats in the Senate. Like it just cannot happen. The worst is we hold steady where we're at. I think that, you know, there is a position. And when I say we, please do not just lump me together in, like, I'm a Republican Trump or whatever. I just mean more of the conservative side of the aisle, like, as a general broad brushstroke. Like, I think... Honestly, I think like my true feeling about the two political parties, Democrats, what they have going for them is they tell you how terrible they are right out of the gate. Like they just fully tell you, here are my terrible, terrible ideas. Okay, this is my personal opinion. Republicans lie to your face and tell you, I have got your back. I'm going to support you in this. I won't vote for this, blah, blah, blah. And then they completely do all the things they said. That they would not do, which I would take somebody who lies who is honest about their terrible ideas any day over somebody who's gonna play act and tell me what they think I want to hear, only to flip the switch and not do any of those things. So I don't like to be lumped in with Republicans, air quotes. I just mean more of a balanced Senate. Right now, we are 50-50, and and Kamala breaks the tie, and so she is pushing. There's so many things that could go in the Democratic direction. Of course, the first two years of any presidency is a little bit more mild, guys, than the second two years, because going into a midterm, they want to be mild because they don't want to um, you know, rally people basically against them to come and vote against them in the midterms, although generally, as a rule, historically... In the midterms, the House and or Senate will flip to the other party, you know, like so if a Democratic president is elected, oftentimes the House or Senate will flip Republican in the midterm, and then we'll see what happens with the presidency. That's historical and normal, so we should expect that there will be some flipping to the conservative side of the aisle in the midterms, but this prophetic, ominous feeling was that they're going to steal it again, that this is going to be, there's going to be catastrophic voter issues all over again, and there's going to be a further gaslighting effort to make it feel like, here we go again with the conspiracies and the blah, blah, blah. I'm like, there's not any conspiracies about this. There's so much evidence of voter fraud on such a wide scale from the 2020 election and even before the 2020 election, but specifically in the 2020 election, it's just like so old to be told It's the most secure election or whatever. But I'm not even going to beat that dead horse. I just had this terrible feeling going into this midterm that it's going to just explode our country. I don't mean like with a bomb, a literal bomb. I don't mean violence. I just mean in, you know, if we're not on just this divisive trajectory as it is, I feel like that could be just such a catalyst for some crazy turn of events. And I don't even know what that looks like other than I just feel like about it. Whereas before I was kind of like, at least maybe, you know, like going into the midterms, feeling positive energy, being like, maybe we can just balance this thing out and put a little bit more checks and balances back into the system, you know, like just kind of pause things, stall things out so that we aren't able to go wildly progressive all in one four year presidency. Um, Just to kind of balance things out. That was my hope and feeling and I felt like that was probably likely and then all of a sudden today kind of reading the news and just kind of getting a sense of this prophetic download, it might not go that way. It could be the exact opposite where, you know, just like we were kind of going into 2020 feeling optimistic, I think a lot of us were, and then to just be like uh, absolutely in an uproar after that election, it could happen again, guys. Ugh. So moving into these winter months and just feeling the weight of what this could look like over the next couple of months. And again, just wanting to say, I hope you guys have been taking to heart some of this stuff we've been talking about in terms of being prepared, mostly mentally. And this is something that comes out of Daniel 3, to circle back to scripture. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they did not decide when they were standing, right beside the fiery furnace, when they were feeling the heat of the fiery furnace, that is not the moment they decided that they were not going to bow down and worship the statue, right? They had already decided before they got to that point exactly what they were gonna do. They knew before they even went to Babylon because we see in Daniel 1 that they are, Daniel is already saying, I'm not gonna even eat the food that the Babylonians eat. I'm not gonna defile my body. And assimilate to their culture. I'm not gonna dishonor God, even if it means that I'm gonna have an uphill climb, even if it means I'm up against like a harder battle. I'm gonna ask, hey, why don't you let God prove it to you? Like, I'm gonna eat my Jewish things, and you eat your Babylonian things, and in 10 days, Give me a little look-see and see if I'm not hanging in there. And if I'm hanging in there, can you just let me eat my things, my veggies and stuff? And the king's like, okay. You know the guard? He's like, yeah, sounds good, Daniel. And it turns out in 10 days, Daniel was superior to the other soldiers. He was doing better. He was answering the questions better. He was bringing more wisdom. This is God, right? God protecting and honoring Daniel's position of faith, right? So we've already seen that Daniel decided way a long time ago. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decided way a long time ago that they were going to hold true to God and they were not going to bow down to false idols. They, they weren't going to do it. So when they got in standing beside that fiery furnace, you got to believe that, I mean, it said the heat was so intense coming off of that furnace that the two men who pushed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fiery furnace, they were killed and burned up just from the indirect heat of this furnace. So you know, when they're standing there by that furnace, and Nebuchadnezzar's like, hey dude, final chance to bow down to my statue, or you're going into the fiery furnace, you know they were feeling the heat, literally and figuratively, right? They were probably super scared. That is not the moment. You decide, I'm going to grow a strong mindset and I am going to stand firm. No, no, no. You decide long before you're in that moment. So you walk into that moment fully resigned to whatever is going down because you know whose you are. That is what I'm talking about, is you need to decide ahead of time, before the crisis hits, before you're feeling cold, hungry, broke, how you're going to deal with the things, where your faith is going to lie. Is it going to lie in the midterms? Is it going to lie in, you know, Trump getting reelected? Is it going to lie in your government, your financial situation, your career? Is it going to lie in something that is temporal? Or are you going to put your faith in the appropriate thing and go, he's got it. He's got it. And that does not mean that you're going to avoid the fiery furnace because as the story goes, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did in fact get thrown into that fiery furnace. It's not like God saved them from going into the fire. They had to go in. And I love the line of scripture, and I'll paraphrase it, that we know that our God can save us from this furnace. We know that he can. But even if he doesn't, we still won't bow down to your idol. They are recognizing that there is hard times ahead and God may not spare them the hard time, but they're not going to ba- they're not going to bow down. They're not going to succumb to the fear that Nebuchadnezzar is trying to push down on them, right? This is what we have to do mentally going into this dark winter that we've got coming up is I'm deciding ahead of time to rely on God. I'm deciding ahead of time that I, I might have to go through a fiery furnace here. But you know what happens in the fiery furnace is, first of all, Jesus shows up. Well, it says an angel that looks like an angel of God. I forget what the verbiage is. Looks like a supernatural being. A lot of people think that it is the pre, pre, whatever, Jesus, (laughs) the pre-birth Jesus. It's Jesus before he was born on earth. There's words for this, but I can't think of them. Jesus shows up in the fire. If you have the faith to go into the fire unafraid, Jesus meets you there. And what happens when they come out of the fire? The only thing burned is the bindings around their wrists. They come out more free than they went in. I love that. And it says their fi- their clothes and their hair did not even smell of smoke. They were inside the fiery furnace and they came out not even smelling of smoke. That is the level of God's protection in these times of trial. So we don't need to be afraid about going into a dark winter, but we do have to be mentally prepared about going into a dark winter. And maybe it's gonna be a not dark winter, it's gonna be a great winter, but hey, your mental preparedness is not going to harm you if it's a great winter and nothing happens and it's a big nothing ball, right? That would be great and that is my hope and prayer. But if it is bad, we need to be mentally prepared. And if you can be physically and or, you know, like supply wise prepared, that's never going to hurt you. And I know if you bought some stuff this summer, if you bought some canned goods or filled your freezer up with half a cow or got that chicken uh, a couple dollars ago and it's sitting in your fridge, you're not sad that you did that. You're not sad that you got those cans a dollar ago the mac and cheese box a dollar ago. Like, you're not sad about that, right? So it's never going to hurt you to be prepared in the natural either because, like I said, might be a great winner. All things are good, but you got yourself cheaper food because, like I said, inflation ain't going down, folks. Still going up. So most important thing is to be prepared mentally. Most important thing is to know where your hope is found and place it squarely there. And then if you can be physically and supply prepared, don't wait, don't wait, because we are coming in hot to some colder weather, to some darker times, to some potential really catastrophic, you know, social things that we might weather this winter, post midterms, economic, economy, those are the same, energy, that's the other word, (laughs) crisis, Who knows what's going to happen in Europe, how bad it's going to be, how many dollars we're going to have to decide to send to them to. It just could be very strange. So that is my download of my prophetic visions or feelings today and what we could be looking at. But again, please don't be afraid ever. There's no need to fear. The Bible says it again and again. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Just be prepared. Just be listening. Just be leaning in. He is good. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Father God, we just lean into you. We lean into you. We know that you are not only where our hope is found. You are where the only hope is found. You are the only source of hope. You are worthy of our faith. You are worthy of our devotion. You are perfectly sound. You are a great place for us to put all our faith. Please let us do that more and more. Please touch our hearts more and more. Please speak to us more and more. Please give us these prophetic feelings, words, visions, whatever, more and more. Not just me, but all of your people, Lord, all of your followers. Let us see you and hear you and know your plans so that we can walk in your will. We ask these things in your son's holy name. Amen.